Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Eye Test with Pierre McGuire and Jimmy Murphy. The Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. And after 22 years, Raymond The Sickest NHL Podcast. It's going to be sick. And welcome to another edition of the Eye Test on the Sick Podcast Network. Pierre McGuire and myself, Jimmy Murphy here. I am at the TD Garden, if you can see it in the background, Pierre. Just uh, covered the Bruins-Devils, a 3-0 win for the Devils. Jeremy Swayman, 31 save shutout. Uh, looking pretty good in three straight starts with Linus Allmark, Linus Allmark out for injuries. Uh, but we are going to take a trip back through time, as we like to do sometimes on this show. We've got a very special guest joining us. We're going to get right to him right now. He's played many a games, not in this building, but the one that was right next door to it in the old Boston Garden as a member of the Quebec Nordiques and then, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Hall of Famer Michelle Goulet joining us here on the eye test. Michelle, how are you, my friend? Very well. Thank you very much. We love Boston, as you know. Yes. Yes. We can see that with the chapeau that you're wearing. You love Boston. That's right. It's 40 below here with the wind chill and all that. So in Denver, so I'm going to wear my hat today. <laughs> Why not? Why not, Gu? And uh, of course, Pierre McGuire joins us here. And guys, up here, you guys coach, you coached against Michelle quite a few times back in the day, didn't you? That's why I have no hair, because it was just so darn good. I mean, if you go back to the early 90s when Mike Keenan was coaching the Chicago Blackhawks and Michelle Goulet was there with Steve Larmer and Jeremy Roenick, there's no question in my mind that was the best line in the National Hockey League. And they ran roughshod over a lot of the teams in the National Hockey League. So I wanted to ask Michelle, right from the start, what was it like to play for Mike Keenan? Well, I have a lot of respect for Mike. Uh, I think. A lot. The problem you see with Mike, I think it's it's all about that he's trying to make everybody better, and he's kind of he could be really hard at time. And I, I am still in contact with him after all those years, and uh, there's no question that he was really demanding. But I think at the end of the day, all those hard coaches they just want you to be better as a player and as a person and as and as a team, and uh, and that's why he, he had so much success a little bit everywhere. But uh, as you know. Some of those old hard coaches, sometimes, you know, they got a bad reputation. But for me, I, I understand totally what he was trying to do. And another coach, Jimmy, that Michel played for, a legendary coach in the province of Quebec, is Michel Bergeron. What was it like to play for the Petit Tigre? The Petit Tigre was totally different. <laughs> the Petit Tigre <laughs> was, a, you know, obviously he had a lot of energy and he had a, I think he was a great bench coach. You know, I think he knew exactly what he won on the ice against the other top line or whatever whatever lines against. And he was, uh, I think he was a really fun, demanding at the same time. But he was really good. Uh, I think uh, my dog, my dog is really, he's happy about that too. Yeah, he liked them too. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Look, you know what? Let's go to a goal because I played this, we played it coming in before you were on, Michelle, just in, talking before we went live here and uh, Pierre instantly remember this. I'm sure you will too. So let's go to a clip from the 1992 Stanley cup final uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Pittsburgh Penguins. Perfect. Jenna. He was knocked down and had to squirm out.
he hit the lower left-hand corner, 2-0, Chicago. Now, I'm going to say I forgot, Goo, that you guys were up 2-0 in that game. Uh, and, you know, I remember, though, talking to you, Pierre, as well, about that series saying that, yeah, it was a sweep. But that wasn't, a, you know, your typical sweep. That was a hard sweep to complete. Well, there's no question that the first game was really hard to, you know, end up on the losing hand. Obviously, we were leading 3 nothing, 4-1, and we end up losing 5-4. And it was mm -hmm. a, such a heartbreaking. That was our first loss in 12 games, if I remember. Hello. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a just a, after that game, it was some kind of we really never find our it was hard, but it was ne we never found our groove. And, you know, it looked like uh, we were facing, let's say, maybe a better skill players, better skill teams. And mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, every game was so hard. But, you know, we lost four games by, by a goal. But it doesn't really matter how many goals difference. It, it was such a hard final. And. And, and at the same time, you realize how hard it is to win the Stanley Cup. You know, mm -hmm. as close as you are, you're still so far at times when you see it. Yeah. And obviously, that's what we realized. You know, we had a good team. We had a hardworking team. But, you know, obviously, Pittsburgh with uh, Lemieux, Jagger, Francis, Coffey, they were really good. Yeah. It's, uh, it turned out a nice final, but I wish it would be seven game. It looked better. But at the end of the day, we didn't win. <laughs> Exactly. Michelle, you've played against and with so many great players, and everybody has their own description for all the great players. Your description of Mario Lemieux. Well, Mario is uh, obviously I had a great chance to know him quite well because he was my roommate for you know six weeks in Canada Cup '87. So he was um, first of all he was what 22 years old at the time and you can see the progression as the tournament was going forward and he was like just an amazing talent and just an amazing player on any situation really you can play anywhere i know people don't believe me but he he can kill penalty and keep the puck for 2 minutes if he wants to but he's a he was a tremendous pl hockey player and a, obviously one of the all time best uh, I want to ask you, too, just on that run, when you got to Chicago, what was your feel? You get there, I think it was at the 89-90 season, right? You get traded yeah. there. Could you sense that something was building towards what you guys would eventually do and make it to the cup final in 1992? Was there sort of a foundation you noticed right away? Well, you know, well, you have to remember at the time, the Quebec Nordiques were rebuilding. So we were going through the, you know, obviously, we had, they had three first-round pick in a row. So just to show you there was a rebuilding process there. But right. I was ready to move on because obviously at a certain age, and obviously it was really hard to produce and try to do anything. But when I got to Chicago, you can see totally the difference. They were ready for that last stretch. And you know, we had a, a young guy like Jeremy Roenick that played the, the year before. He was just tremendous in the in the playoff. And with Keenan, and he had a few adjustments, a few trade, and we knew that was obviously we thought we can be in the Stanley Cup maybe the year after, but but he, he came two years after I got there. But it was just an amazing progress, and you can see that we were coming and mm -hmm. we were we were such a hardworking team. Uh, uh, we were just a a team that you just couldn't take any time off because we were always coming, and that was kind of fun to to be part of that group and 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 have that you know great team for years. 
Michelle, you talked about being part of something. What was it like to be part of the Quebec Nordiques versus the Montreal Canadiens? Oh my lord! Oh. That was a that was a. It's one of those rivalry that you really need to be in to understand the the. How can I say the chaos between the two teams? <laughs> that uh -huh. was just a, you know we play on Friday or Saturday and we play Montreal on Tuesday and. For two three days, that's all they talk about. You know, it's just everybody's looking for yeah. that game. And 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 at the time, I think when you knew the history of a hockey in Quebec, Montreal and Quebec are always been butt head a little bit. <laughs> you know, they were just <laughs> always. You know, Guy Lafleur was in Quebec, he ended up in Montreal. Jean Bedivo was in Quebec, ended up in Montreal. So yeah, I always have that mm -hmm. that feeling that Montreal was always the big you know the big team, and Quebec was not so much. But at the end. It was such a an amazing time for me because you you know you're really into it and you're just amazing how deep it goes to the families, the fans, and and everybody else. And oh, yeah. you got you got a really personal uh, play, again player against players, and that was a that was fun though. That was a I really enjoyed playing in Montreal and Quebec City, obviously. So I enjoy those games quite a quite much. You know, I, I love it there. So, Jimmy, I just want to ask you this because there's always heroes and villains on both sides. So, who were the villains when you played Quebec versus Montreal? Oh, the villain. You talk about uh, players produce or the one who get under your skins or gets under your skin, Goo. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you had the the Chris Nyland of the world and the <laughs> Mario, <laughs> that would be the Mario yeah. Tremblay and the you know mm -hmm. those kind of guys. It was, but you know, you just. It was just nature. We had a good one with Dale Hunter. You know, Dale Hunter and Mario were <laughs> really like to go at each other a little bit. And that was a, we had a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, when we got there in 80, obviously 79, 80, Montreal was a lot better, obviously. And that was uh, some good times. But two years later, we beat them in the playoff. And that's where really the, the start of the rivalry start right there. It was like, oh my God, like, they couldn't believe that we beat them that year. And mm -hmm. And it turned out like for seven years, that was just an amazing time. And, and, you know, when you look at it, the fans were really enjoy it too. You know, it's just like everybody enjoyed those kind of games. Well, we got a, a couple of clips here from that wonderful rivalry here. And uh, I wonder if you remember this one, Gu, because you scored four goals in this. So let's go to these clips right now. Et le but marqué par Michel Goulet, qui complète son tour du chapeau. Prise par Robinson, qui a du mal à se faire de Goulet. Goulet lance, c'est arrêté par Waiko, ensuite. Quatre buts marqués par Michel Goulet. Geez, I'm watching that, Goo, and I'm watching those clips. That looked like it was a seesaw game back and yeah. forth, huh? There was, well, that was a kind of interesting game. It's a game you always remember because of, of the start of the game. You know, after 10 minutes, it was 3-0 Montreal. And the the fans start singing their famous song that ta -na -na -na, ta -na -na. <laughs> that's a early. I say, whoa, that's early for a Saturday night. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And all of a sudden, you know, Bergeron, Michel took a timeout and you know, we finished the first period four three for Montreal and we came back and won eight six. So it was just an amazing time. Wow. Amazing game that you know, obviously. You can dream of games like that, but this one was uh, just someone, the, something that you remember all the time. 
For sure. You, know, Pierre. you talked about the Quebec-Montreal series, and you played for the Quebec Ramparts just like Guy Lafleur did before he yeah. went to Montreal. That's right. But you left the Quebec Ramparts to go play for the Birmingham Bulls and the WHA. Yes. What's your favorite WHA story from Birmingham? Wow. <laughs> well, I got a few, but uh, this one was fun. <laughs> we go to we go to uh, first of all we go to to Birmingham first time I fly you know first time I fly anywhere and and we, wow. we end up in Birmingham and it's like you know my first breakfast I order like I, I just want some toast and obviously I say I can have like I just want four piece of toast so <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I end up. Eight. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> he posts, you like the bread? And I say, love bread. I love toast. <laughs> it, was, it was such an amazing time. I didn't know anything. But uh, one of the famous, not famous, that was fun. We ended up in in Edmonton, and Dave uh, Dave Henson was my roommate. <laughs> oh, jeez. He said, bring your shorts. Let's go to Nautilus. I'm like, what? <laughs> Lift him weights a little bit. It was so funny. It was just like... Some of those times I was just, uh, well, obviously, as you guys know, we were like six guys from underage at yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. Baby Bulls. Yeah. Ricky Vai, Rob Ramage, Craig Arsberg, Pat Riggins, Gaston oh, Gingras, wow. Luis Lager, and myself. And uh, that was just an amazing time, obviously. You learned so much. <laughs> you learned so much about life and how to play the game at the pro level. So that was kind of fun because – a lot of people already thought that I was ready to play in, in the pro hockey. You know, obviously, everybody doubt all the time. And, you know, and uh, my, my answer to the writers at the time, I said, well, if they, if they want me, they must see something good. <laughs> so <laughs> I went there and, and I finished the top scorer of the team. So that was fun. Dude, did, did you have a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's hard to narrow down. There are probably multiple people, but. Was there a, a person on or off the ice when you were young like that, you were getting into a league that was a really huge influence on you that helped you kind of adapt and, and understand what it takes to be a pro and also an adult as well? Well, I mean, there's no question in Birmingham, we're just a bunch of young guys. So we were trying to, as a group, grow, uh, mature a little bit. But when I got to Quebec, I think Mark Tardif is the one who really took me under his wing a little bit. And, you know, uh, and I was there with the, Pierre Lacroix, who were the two rookies at the time, the, the hockey player, and 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 Mark was really, he was a man of a few words, but he was really, he, he can see things like really, you know, obviously you have experience, and he was a, a left winger, and he was really, you know, just a good person to be around. He just, and on, on top of that, he, he played Montreal, and, you know, you can see the winning attitude, and there's no question that Mark Tardif really influenced my, you know, uh, my career and there was other people like at the time we talk about uh, Jeremy Roenick and Steve Larmer. I played with Hunt, Dale Hunter and Dale, and Buddy Cloutier, Real Buddy Cloutier. That one year we were just freaking fantastic. You know, we just we were really clicking uh, the three of us, and that was so much fun. And and obviously the offensive uh, Michel Bergeron liked the offensive style of the of the game and. Really help all of us. I think the one who need to score goals or produce offensively. Well, you talk about all those offensive point producers. What was the situation with the Stastny brothers in Quebec? Because they're they're legendary, obviously around the hockey world. No question. I mean, when we went from the first year to the next, and we got those, uh, you know, Peter and Anton the first year, and when you add like 
and on top of that, Dale Hunter on, arrived at the same time. So it took the, our team like we missed the playoff to a team like okay, when you add three good players in a, in one one shot like that, and obviously nobody really, we knew a little bit, but nobody really knew about Peter and Anton. But after a few a few uh, practice and a few games, you're like okay, we got a player here, and there's no question that those two guys really you know make our team a lot better, quicker, and faster, and. And from there, the year after, Marianne joined the group. And obviously, Marianne was, at the time, a very good player. And uh, he was really the goal scorer on that team and on that the three brothers. And he made us, us really a, a good team right away. And uh, there's no question that they were such a great players. And, and obviously, Peter was the main engine of the three. And he was such a a force offensively or whatever, any situation on the ice. And there's no question that he, those three guys really helped the Quebec Nordiques, you know, to be a better team. Do you ever want to uh, – you watching the game today with the rule changes and everything and the way the game's constructed now, you ever wonder what guys like you or Peter or Marion could do without a, without a red line? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's about the red line. It's, it's all about – I think it's more about the – the power plays and the non-contact, you know, all the slashing and the penalties that you see. Sometimes you see a little tap on your finger and, you know, you have a two-minute penalty. It's uh, it's totally different. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you go in front of the net, it's like you're, you know, you park yourself there and, you know, you can stay there all day. In the old days, you can park yourself there, but you're going to have a few uh, ice bags on your body after the game. <laughs> it's, a, that was a, it's a different field. But, you know, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the, today's game. I think it's it's fast. It's nice, and you can see the the talent. You know, it's easy to see, and there's no question. It's hard to compare, but like I always say, I, I don't compare myself to anybody in the '70s or the '60s because they were good players back then. Yeah. So they will be great today. So that's what I'm saying. So there's no question that those guys are play a different type of game. I'm not sure if the Avalanche will go against the Flyers in 1979 or 80. They will like it that much, you know. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's just the way it is, you know. It's just the game is totally different. You know what else is different, Jimmy? A lot of the buildings that Michel played in. Like the Coliseum Quebec was a different building. The Forum in Montreal was a different building. The Odd in Buffalo was a different building. The Stadium in Chicago and the Boston Garden. And even Maple Leaf Gardens was different. So, Goo, how much do you miss the old buildings? Because they were all different. Oh yeah, I kind of I kind of like the the style because you know obviously team build their they build their team for the the ice they have. Like in Boston, you go there, you know it won't be fun. You know it's not going to be fun. Even in Buffalo or Chicago at the time, you know it's just you go there, you better be ready because they're they're coming. You know it's it's not much room, and you get you know the physical part of the game are really exposed in those little rink and. I really always enjoyed the Garden or Buffalo or Chicago. For some reason, they are the ring that, you know, I produce almost the most. And uh, I really enjoyed that kind of a game. It looked like you turn around and the 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 net is around there. It's not too far. So it was like, I really like enjoy that. And, you know, it's just fun to see the difference. But now it's totally different. They're all the same, all the ring are the same dimension. And, okay, you know, man. it's just the way it is. So. Yeah. Jimmy, I just got to throw this at Goo because it's really important. Raymond Bork has the most points ever against the Hartford Whalers and the Carolina Hurricanes in history. The most goals ever is Michel Goulet, oh, wow. 65. 
So I want to know, why were you so mad at the Hartford Whalers? <laughs> <laughs> I was not mad. For some reason, for some reason, I don't know, for some reason, things just worked there. And uh, it just uh, one time when I think what, back then, remember, we were playing eight games against each other yes. at the time. And like, oh, my God. And we, how many times we have back-to-back game? And you know, you know that it's a uh, – it's going to be physical or they want to show one time we're against Hartford win in Quebec city and I end up scoring three goals. And I know it was Larry Plo, I think. And, and he sent Jack McAlargy with five minutes left. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. Okay. So we had, we had a pretty good fight. And the next day I go to, I go to Hartford and, and obviously for some reason, everybody left me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I scored two more. And I scored two more over there. So that was that was kind of fun. Those kind of situation happened back then, obviously. But it's uh, that was kind of fun. It's uh, uh, just the success I have there. I'm sure, you know. Sometimes I think Greg Millen and Mike Liu quite a bit. But that's that's what that's what happened. Sometimes you have a uh, Jimmy. Just to be fair, I think Millsy played with Goo in Chicago just a little bit. So oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Not just yeah. a we got trade. We got trade from Quebec to Chicago together. So, yeah. so it's fun. Nobody. It, it's funny you say that because obviously you play against those teams a lot, and that's why the success against Montreal and Boston and Hart, you know Buffalo and you know all those teams that you play eight times a year. I mean, at the end, you know, if you don't have success there, it's going to be hard. <laughs> Pierre, I know uh, you know you'll talk about it a lot on on the podcast here. How you'll circle players uh, in the dressing room to focus on, hone in on how are you going to defend against them? I imagine when you played against Goo, uh, he was one of those players, but I'm just wondering when you were talking to your players, what were some of the things you told them to watch out for that he could do? You couldn't let him get to the front of the net. And it's hard. It's easy to say it's hard to do. You're talking about one of the strongest men. I'm telling you the truth that ever played in the league. Um, and so, you know, we would a lot of times all Samuelson when we, when I was in Pittsburgh in particular, had to do that job against Michelle because all he was playing right, Goo was on the left side. And, and I, you know, Michelle, I don't have to tell you that that was that took on a life of its own. But a lot of times we didn't want him having the puck anywhere below the hash marks to the corner because he could walk you right out of the corner, especially in those small rings. So it's, it's easy to say it's harder to do for sure. Well, Pierre, I mean, there's no question. Well, Samuelson was no fun to play against, believe me, <laughs> in Hartford and Pittsburgh. Huh? I hear that we'll say the same thing. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I mean, I got, I had my own style. You know, I don't watch myself play too much, but I know I didn't keep the puck too long on my stick. You know, that's one thing, you know, around the net. I, was, I think that's maybe one quality I have. You know, there's no question that. If I had the puck at the right place around the net, it's gone. You know, it's going to be a quick shot or something. And and it's the way, different style. And that's why I love guys like Guy Lafleur or Jean Béliveau or Gilbert Perrault or those kind of guys because I couldn't do that. <laughs> Take the puck from behind the net all the way down. I yeah. wish I could do that. <laughs> or McKinnon. I'll tell you who is a little bit like Jimmy. Um, a right hand, obviously, Cam Neely was a righty, but similar to a Cam Neely. Michelle could get to the net in those scoring areas, but you need a center, like Goose Sand. So Cam Neely's best times ever were with Adam Oates. Right. You know, and, and so playmaker, that's why Jeremy Roenick and, and Michelle had so much 
success Dale Hunter he talked about another play Dale Hunter early in his career was an amazing playmaker yeah well he really well, was everybody yeah Pierre everybody forget that you know Dale Hunter had a thousand points you yeah, know you all know our, you know he had he had three thousand minutes penalty minutes but he had a thousand <laughs> points <laughs> you know you forget that part but it, it's a uh, you know I, I think Dale is one of the most underrated play hockey player you know he's just he's just like he can make a pass like nobody and mm -hmm. and and uh, and you know you always look why you have success and you go from Dell you know on my regular line and on power play I got Peter Stashney so he turned out pretty well you know yeah. <laughs> hard to complain <laughs> Jimmy before we let Michelle go I would be remiss if I didn't talk about one of his mentors and somebody that meant so much to him in his life the recent Hall of Fame inductee the late Pierre Lacroix and I'd like Michelle to talk a little bit about Pierre and what he meant to hockey in Colorado and to the Avalanche in particular, but all the players that he represented. It's just an amazing story. Yeah, it was. Uh, I met Pierre maybe before, you know, earlier in my career, but, you know, I had another agent. And, you know, uh, and after that, after three years, I decided, four years, I decided to, my agent I had at the time, die of a heart attack and i was i was uh thinking i said you know what i think it's time to go get the guy who knows a little bit more about <laughs> the hockey world and i called pierre and from there you know i think you know in your career when you look back you always look at the the time where you make a really great decision for your career and that and that day was you know it just it went so smoothly after that and, and pierre knew exactly the numbers you want and what it was going on around the league and was just an amazing as an agent he knew exactly what what he wants and what everybody else was making at the time at the time where nobody knew anything <laughs> you know players were always in the dark nobody knew and how much the other is making and that's why when they decide to disclose all the salary the salary went you know up <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it was the best the best thing the hockey the players did, the player association did at the time. And working for him was just an amazing time. Is He was so uh, such a winner and such a, a vision, what he wants to do and what he needs for his team. And in, when we got here, well, everybody knows that. We won the Stanley Cup our first year. And he was, you know, he asked me if I want to join the team the year uh, before. And it turned out, you know, 14 great, unbelievable years in, in Denver. And he was such a uh, uh, demanding, but just you part of the team. You, you, you treat everybody like you really need everybody to win. And it was he was just an amazing guy to be around. Jimmy, I don't think there could be a better tribute to a man than what Michelle and Charlotte Graham set up uh, in Toronto the night before Pierre's induction into the Hall of Fame. It's one of the most magical dinners I've had the privilege of attending in. Yeah, and Michelle played a big role in it. Charlotte Graham played a big role in it. Obviously, the Lacroix family. But if you would have seen the people that were there, Jimmy, and I don't want to say it all. Goo can say it if he wants to. It, it was an amazing tribute. Just an amazing tribute. Well, everybody who worked with Pierre, the old, you know, all the team owners and you know the prison owners and you know all the you know Denis Savard and Ray Borg, you know Patrick Roy and. Everybody in Vincent Danfus and all the guys that he had at the time and the respect we have for him and, and Coco and, and his, his wife and Eric and Marty. They're, they're such an amazing family and and they are just winners. You know, they're just great people and they want the best of everybody and turn out just a magic night. And 
I know Pierre, you did a lot too, and there's no question that the the night, the whole weekend was just awesome. That was perfect, you know, it's just perfect. And and to see Max talking to, he had a great speech, and that was fun. That was just a, a thing that I wish he was there, but there's no question, he deserved every bit of it. He did. By the way, totally transparent, Max Lacroix right now, He's playing at Boston University. I was at their game last week when they played Northeastern. I saw him take warm-ups. He's a third goalie there right now. But he's wow. going like this. He's going yeah. like this. He's going to be – well, he's pretty sharp, and there's no question. He's got, I saw him play with the alumni here a few – during Christmas time in this summer, and he knows – he knows he's going to be good. He's hey, going to be good. I watch him in warm-up. He's going like this. Yeah. It's all yeah. good for him. It's good for him. It's, it's going to be fun. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Good. And just, you know, for the viewers out there too, I, I just want the listeners to know, I mean, we won't get into the re- the whole night, but I'll tell you, I, you know, when uh, I was at the 2008 world championships uh, and I stumbled in, I don't even remember the name of the place. Who, uh, it was a nice little cigar bar in Quebec city. And uh, you know, I look over and there's Michelle Goulet and I get introduced by someone. And I, I mean, you couldn't have been nicer than you were that, that day, Goo, but I always appreciate the time that every time we cross paths in the, in the press box as a scout always takes the time. And, and, you know, for everyone out there, Goo is a great guy to talk hockey with. And that's why we love having him on the eye test. So we're going to have to do it again soon. Well, it was fun. I remember that night. I think you enjoyed Quebec city too. Yeah, I, think. I don't so remember. If I remember you and a lot of people enjoy Quebec city. <laughs> yeah. It's such a beautiful city. It's just, you it know, is. So much to do there, and so much, you know, it's just it just a, a nice place to be and to spend a, all summer or or live there. It's just a, yeah. a nice place. So and, and to get to go to Colisee was great for me too, because I never made it in there when you know when the Nordiques were playing there. So it yeah. was still there, and they played it in there. That was awesome. That was just yeah. a great time. Not anymore. Now they got the big one, and they're ready yeah. for a franchise. Let's get, let's get a team in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd all be right. awesome. Do this. That's what we'll talk about next time. Let's uh, awesome. let's get the there. All right, good. Thanks for thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, thank that's you. all. Right. Michelle Goulet, join us here on the iTest on the Sick Podcast Network. Pierre, I know we're both cut for time here, but uh, man, no, we're good. We're good for a little bit. That was uh, that was something, huh? Yeah, no, well, he's a special person. Um, you know, I've known him a long time. Had to compete against him, obviously. He was a player, me as a coach, and. Uh, we never, there were no hard feelings. I mean, I remember being in the handshake line and him just saying how well prepared our group was to play against them. And at that time in particular, Jeremy Roenick and Steve Larmer and Michelle, without a doubt, um, that year anyways, they were the best line in the National Hockey League. And I love what he said, Jimmy, going into game one of the Stanley Cup final, they'd won 12 straight games. Yeah. And and they, you know, they had a 2 nothing lead. They had a 4-1 lead. And then Mario Lemieux and Larry Murphy and Ronnie Francis and Kevin Stevens went to work for, for Pittsburgh. Um, and the rest is history. You know, it was a sweep. But I would just tell you right now, um, if our team didn't follow direction and didn't pay attention to the little schematics, that game one could have been a problem. And, and the uh, series could have gone a little it different. Been, it could have switched pretty yeah. quick. Um, so good for Michelle to remember that. And, and here's the one thing. I know I've shared this with you before. That 92 Pittsburgh Penguin team um, won 11 straight games to win the Stanley Cup. That has never been done before, and it hasn't been done since. Mm-hmm. But the team that we beat to win the last, you know, obviously four games had won 12 straight. Yeah. 
before the series started. I was unaware of that too, Pierre. And I forgive me for not knowing. I don't have it in front of me. But did they go through Edmonton in that run or no? They did. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. did. And that was obviously an Edmonton team that won the Cup in '90. Yeah. You know, obviously went to the Western Conference Final in '91. Yeah. And they lost to the Minnesota North Stars that year. And and then in '92, Chicago took them out. So the answer is yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but it was – I remember, though, when I met him, you know, and I watched him play growing up, and I'm just sitting there, and I just loved – he. And, and this is what I like about a lot of our guests, too, right? They just talk to you on a human level. It wasn't like, hey, I'm the star, you're the fan. It, it just talked to me like I was anyone else, and we must have sat there for four hours, and this guy's yeah, telling nice. story after story after story. And what was amazing, though, Pierre, right, too, was just the way that people love him in that city. I mean, when they were coming in, they were all like, that's Michelle Goulet. That's Michelle. And, they, and it was just nonstop free shots coming at us. Like Jameson after Jameson after Jameson. And I'm like, and he goes, get the leprechaun, another one. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, did you shake his hand afterwards? Oh, yeah. Did you lift it? You clearly lived to tell yeah. about it. Baby, I'm not yeah. kidding. I wasn't making that up. Him and Kevin's one of the strongest men that ever played in the league, but guaranteed – some of the big – he and the late John Ferguson Sr., those are the biggest hands yeah. um, I've ever shaken yeah. over all my career, you know. And, and the late John Ferguson Sr., trust me, his hands were massive. Yeah, yeah, he was something. I know his, I know his son, but I never met him. But, well, good stuff here. I love it. We've got a, a great week coming up, just so our listeners know. Uh, so tomorrow will be you and me, and I, I think we're going to – we're going to start the regular time, but we will be a half hour, a little short because we've both got some pr- other radio stuff going on. Um, but we'll probably do our, I know we usually do ask away Wednesday Pierre. I'm thinking we do it tomorrow because we're booked solid with guests. Yeah, we are. The, the week and uh, Wednesday. I'm very excited for everyone out there right now. If you don't know who Terry Ryan is, Google him, but just go on Twitter and type his name in right now or YouTube or Facebook and find the video of him last night after he played in a in a pro game for the first time in over 20 years. Of course, Terry Ryan was a first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens in 1995. Career never really materialized, and he ended up playing a lot of ball hockey, but he's also got into acting and is now a main character in the hit hockey show, Shorzy. I, I highly suggest it. It's a funny show. Um, but I got to know Terry really well through our good friend Mitch Melnick up in Montreal, and we've stayed in touch for years. And he's just one of those salt of the earth, as many of them are from Newfoundland, but just one of those salt of the earth guys. Great wit. He's got a lot of heart, a lot of passion. But I urge you to watch that. And I don't know if you watched the video yet, but for everyone out there, watch his video after the game where he was just kind of looking back on life and how he got to this point and what it meant to him to get one more chance to play a pro game. And this is where he got me in the fields when he said, because I've got a 13-year-old daughter she never saw me play, you know, and for her to have that, I never planned on this. So the main thing that I'm so happy about is that she got to see me play and I didn't make a fool of myself. And he actually, he actually dropped the gloves pair in a game. Yeah. No, that's that's why he was a first round pick. Cause he was really good at that. And yeah. he had a lot of character. He's a tremendous character player. Uh, I want to say one of the first games I ever broadcast after I left coaching uh, I was working for the Montreal Canadiens. Terry was actually playing in the game. It was one okay. of his, I believe, first games. I'm going to go look at my notes later so we're ready for the show Wednesday on it. But yeah. I think one of his first games was one of my first games 
uh, broadcasting, and that's you know over two thousand games ago for me. So it's yeah. a long time ago, yeah. But you know, it was it was it was just cool when a guy can just sort of reflect on that, and you see the human side of everything, Pierre. You know, it's we don't see that enough sometimes in pro sports. So. Ooh. That's what we try to bring you here in this show, though. And I hope everybody enjoyed Michelle Goulet out there. Oh, and by so Terry Ryan Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we got Kevin Paul DuPont was supposed yeah. to be with us last year. He's coming on. He's going to join us from the Boston Globe. And then on Friday, Pierre, you want to tell us about the on-campus? Yeah, we got the head coach from the University of Connecticut, Mike Cavanaugh, joining us. I'm really excited about Mike coming on. They're just coming off a big win against the University of Maine on Saturday afternoon. Uh, he's done a magnificent job with not only the team there, but finding enough people to donate money to build a magnificent rink on campus at the University of Connecticut and Stores, Connecticut. Um, you know, it's obviously done a great job building that program. And it really is uh, a must listen to guy. He, he played in Division Three at Bowdoin. He played for a great coach in Terry Mahar. His teams won championships when he uh, obviously played there. But he worked for a Hockey Hall of Famer in Jerry York, not just at BC, but also at Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been around the block, and he, he's just a tremendous hockey man, really, really good hockey person. Well, yeah, and, for, you know, for those out there who don't understand a lot about the the history of UConn, UConn's always been a basketball school, if you don't know. Great college, uh, men's and women's, tons of national titles, tons of runs in the NCAA tournaments. So for him to go in there and take what was just kind of – at first, before he got there, almost like an experiment, in my opinion, and he's made it into a full-blown hockey program. And like you said, he's got that arena now, and he's done an amazing job here. And I, I just think it's great because, as we've said many times, Connecticut is one of the most underrated hockey markets in the country, in North America. So it's great that they have – it may not be a pro team. I know they do have the AHL, but – They've got another hockey option there, and they can go watch the UConn Huskies play in the hockey. So that's it's great for that area. That's well said, Jimmy, and I agree. And, you know, whenever UConn and BC hook up, they get tremendous crowds. Whenever UMass, your alma mater, and UConn yeah. hook up. 45 minutes away. Yeah. You talk about, you know, Goulet was talking about Montreal versus Quebec. Well, that's kind of a border war, too, UMass and UConn. Oh, yeah. And now you got two elite coaches with Coach Carvel at UMass and Coach Cavanaugh at UConn. I mean, that's that's not uh, that's not any shrinking violet type of stuff. That's a, that's hard stuff. That's hard. No, it's good. It's good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. So we've got a great week ahead. We hope you can join us. And as always, we thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed Hall of Famer Michelle Goulet joining Pierre McGuire and myself here on the Sick Podcast Network and the Eye Test. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the eye test with Pierre McGuire and Jimmy Murphy on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.